0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second evening of our spooky, spectacular month. Thank you for joining us. And please do not be alarmed by the blizzard outside, by the woman in the bathtub, or by the madman in the hall with the axe at your bedroom door. The Halloween clock is ticking, and tonight is 10 p.m. And whatever you do, stay away from room 237. second spooky spectacular i'm your host harrison wilde and to my well internet right are the two amazing people from bottom of the stream please introduce yourself guys
1: hello i am adam we are well and this is nick hello and we are bottom oh, of the hey. stream <laughs>
0: so how are you guys doing today you all right yeah yeah we're all good got a few technical yeah. hitches this morning but we're we we Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Jordan has left me alone today, as he messaged me about an hour before the podcast started to let me know he was throwing up. I don't know how he was using his phone at the same time, but you know he's a man of many talents, I guess. <laughs> don't go touching that phone next time you see him. No, I know he's covered <laughs> in chunks, probably. Uh, so, if you haven't listened before, uh, what the fuck's going on? First of all, and secondly, we're a comedy, gaming, and movie podcast, and every month we examine a spooky paranormal goings-on. But for this wonderful month of October, we're celebrating by focusing on our favourite spooky films of all time. So, Jordan was supposed to be here as he's never seen The Shining before until this time, as we wanted to break it down. But as soon as he's not here, we're going to break it down ourselves, aren't we lads? We certainly are. We usually like do a bit of a Halloween clock before we start. So, if midnight is Halloween then this episode tonight would be 10 p.m., so everyone is like an hour going up to there, which means it's only three hours till Halloween. So oh, what oh. have you guys been doing to prepare yourselves for the demon invasion of October 2019? <laughs> I tend to, just, tend to just lock
1: myself in my house in, in, in October. Yeah. And just, <laughs> keep away, from, and keep away from all the spooky children outside. Uh, see, yeah, I, yeah. I, I,
2: I do the opposite, because I've got a couple of spooky children. That's so true. So I've got to get them prepped
0: and costumed, <laughs> ah, right, costumed
2: nice. up and uh, ready to get out there and uh, get as many sweets as we can.
0: Brill. So, what costume have you made him? Have you made him anything yet?
2: Uh, well, that, it was uh, we've got one Ghostbuster, and I'm not sure what the little one's gonna be yet. We'll, uh, she can be we'll
0: slimed, make a Slimer. That'd yeah. be well funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to roll them into one like that. Are you, are you gonna make like the proton packs and everything?
2: Uh, well, this was a shop-bought one, and it comes with an inflatable one, which just isn't uh, isn't quite as good. But oh, right. I tell you what, though, oh, that's still pretty cool. There was one New Year's Eve where I did go out as a Ghostbuster. And me and a couple mm-hmm. of mates spent weeks handcrafting our own proton packs. They did look awesome to be Really? Honest. The problem is it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't very good on the dance floor because <laughs> they were they were very wooden and sharp and <laughs> <laughs>
1: And heavy. Yeah, oh, I could did not pass well health and so, safety.
0: So you all went as like a collective you were all the Ghostbusters? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so fucking cool. I'd love to do that. Like, We've never had uh, mates that would do that because a lot of them don't like dressing up in, or in my old friend group anyway, but I'm always for it. I think it's a, it's a great idea of making... I, I like all the cosplay shit. I think it's fucking brilliant.
1: We used to do it a lot. When we, were, when we were younger in our town, New Year's Eve was the fancy dress night. The whole town would dress up and every pub would yeah, just yeah. be full of <laughs> random people. it used to be brilliant
0: I live in like a little countryside town so a lot of the times people don't dress up here so it would just be like me and a few mates would turn up in like really out there costumes just sat in the (laughs) pub with a load of normal old people (laughs) is there any such thing as a normal old person? maybe not actually sorry like... i was having a swig of coffee then
2: that's fine it's fine so i yeah. i've got something else i tell you that i am very jealous about which is something my wife's doing oh, yeah? my wife is doing next week for halloween so she is right. she is going to visit a newly opened facility which we have in our little town and it is a haunted antiques and paranormal research center
0: whoa that's a real thing yeah <laughs> yeah it's just Holy opened shit. in the town where's tram-
2: that uh, that's it that's in Hinckley, where we live in Leicestershire
0: so oh is that so, where you are
2: in Hinkley? yeah I wasn't yeah. sure where you lived yeah, yeah so, so it's a local business that's been open a year or so and no way she's she's going to spend the evening there so they have all these objects so there's a, a an allegedly haunted wheelchair you can go and sit in and see if you you can feel a presence
0: you can I get, you, get, that. You get fucking haunted legs <laughs> yeah yeah exactly Dole. Well, dolls tell you what, and maybe, weird stuff maybe like we'll that. take a drive Maybe me and Jordan will take a drive when he's not throwing up awesome. and we'll we bring, bring Connor the cameraman and we'll all go.
2: Let's do it. I you, yeah, we can yeah, we can sort that out. If we want a live episode, then I'm sure we can have a visit to the uh, Paranormal Research Centre. Well,
0: yeah, we'll film it and stick it on YouTube and everything. Brilliant. Do it, yeah, I've always wanted yeah, to go, yeah, so we right. should, that's a good excuse to I've do got, a, uh, I've, got look for that.
2: I've got a friend who works there, so we'll, uh, we can sort that out, no problem.
0: Amazing. Awesome. Let's do it. Did you hear the, the episode of the other day when Jordan mentioned about the... Him getting a call from his own phone number. And I was saying that I've had it before in the past. I've never had that. Uh, Have you not? No, No, I'd never even heard of it when you were talking about it. Oh, right. And I know a few people that it's happened to. And I don't know if it was something that the maybe the phone networks were doing testing when old phones were coming out or something. But I've had a message from the girls at Why I'm Single. And they said they had a, a call from the ex fiance's number, I think it was, who had died before.
1: Whoa. Yeah, no, I don't know uh, that. So
0: she says this is on on Instagram. short. yeah. So I had a missed call and I tried calling back a bunch. It was my ex's mum's house, so I was worried she was trying to reach out to me. So I started calling a bunch of people and I finally got through to his ex-wife on the phone, and she tells me that his mum had moved months before. She wasn't even in the same state. Whoa! How fucking weird yeah, is that? No, yeah, no, don't. And then that's made me shiver. They got a, a voicemail like... from it as well. I
2: don't like it.
1: No. No, no. <laughs> Stop talking, it really please. Freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's made me shiver. I don't like things like that. Good, good. That's a good way to start. That's a good way to start.
0: (laughs) Right, so should we get into our main content for this episode? Let's do it. start with first thoughts and we usually like to do that a bit as a bit spoiler free i mean if you haven't seen the shining by now you really fucking should have yeah why what are you doing i don't know they're not educating cinema really who are these people it's jordan that's who it fucking is it's jordan (laughs) feel free to really like rag on him for this episode by the way while he's not here definitely gonna do that (laughs) yeah um so like your first watch adam let's go you first then we'll go nick or which whoever wants to go first what did you think the first time you watched it i
1: i be honest i read the book before i watched the film
0: Ah, right, okay. Well, e- even better then. So yeah. how did you feel it translated?
1: Uh, it's like a completely different story. They're chalk and cheese. And they are, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it kind of blew my mind a little bit because I was expecting to get the f- the book on film and I didn't get that. And it wasn't until probably the second or third watch that I thought, this film's amazing. because Really? Yeah, okay. because I, it, the first time I watched it wasn't what I was expecting it to be and I was like, no, not up for this, don't like it. And... <laughs> No, I couldn't be further from the truth. I think it's one of the greatest horror stories ever made.
0: It is a br- brilliant film. And what about you then?
1: Uh, yeah,
2: so I watched it for the first time with my mum when I was about fourteen or fifteen. I can very, <laughs> very clearly remember it, and I, I can remember just her saying, "God, this is a really good film. Come watch this with me." And then halfway through, mm-hmm. thinking, being a mixture of, "Why why are you letting me watch this?" <laughs> and um no, it's awesome. It's it's creepy. It's unsettling, and I've been back to it hundreds of times since probably yeah. i couldn't
1: tell you how right. many
0: times i've watched it yeah so we, we watched it a couple of times cause I, I got the stanley Kubrick collection of the blu-ray recently yeah. um for my birthday and so i've been making my way through all the films and then again watched it with jordan to sort of educate him in that but the first time that i watched it i felt like like something was missing from it and like it, it's a film that I, I always felt it was quite hollow but looking back now as like a film lover and someone who like examines cinematography I can see that a lot of what I was picking up on it was like I was missing the subtext as a kid yeah um and even though it's some like isolating feeling imagery with it it, it actually is isolating and maybe I was getting that aspect of it yeah, that's you know, completely intentional. But as a kid I didn't I didn't understand the isolation part yeah. of it. Yeah. I,
2: yeah, yeah. and it, it stands up to those repeated watchings because you do pick out like so, sort of how mechanical and isolated it is in parts. And it is odd, it's, and that really adds to the unsettling nature of it for me.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Totally. No, it does feel that way. It's it's I don't know. It it's, it's a weird one going back and watching it. I think I'm never going watch it again. Maybe it was about 5 years ago. That I watched it again for the first time through through like adult eyes. Yeah, and like you said, you do notice so much more. This just like weird, unsettling things like how the the hotel itself is like an an impossible map. Uh, that's one of like the great. I love sense.
1: that. I love that. The, like yeah. when he goes into the office at the beginning and there's that big window at the back and it's just yeah yeah cannot it doesn't possibly make sense. be there. It's brilliant
2: even things like for me it, it, it might sound stupid but i i don't like the carpets like <laughs> i don't like the shape really? i don't i don't like the shapes they yeah. don't it just looks wrong and i know it's it's a bit of its time and it's, that isness of it but it
1: it's just oh it just freaks me out a yeah. bit it's all those little Dude, details i really like them. <laughs> i would really like have that carpet in every room with the house well i've never come to your <laughs> house i would yeah yeah <laughs>
0: No, I I really would I've been trying to get some cause I, I've got a clothes shop and I'm trying to get some blazers made at the moment with that lining that oh, like I'm, orange I'm buying lining. one of those if you do that I'm buying it and uh, an axe lapel pin <laughs> amazing I'm on that Yeah. So you if, get if, them made, if I get some them, I'll let you know
1: definitely yeah definitely I think the thing another thing about the hotel is how there's so much different decor in all the different areas of the hotel so you've got when he I don't want to give any spoilers away yet but when he sees the girls yeah. there's like floral wallpaper and it's really like nice and homely and then there's like the really plain sharpness of the lobby, and the div- all the different carpets, like you say, it's completely, completely differently decorated. Yeah, in every it's single room. Completely deliberately to. sectioned off like that. Yeah. And the bright red bathroom, yeah, yeah. and I love that.
0: I just think it's amazing the attention to detail in the the design of the whole place. Yeah, ev- is amazing. Everything it's just, in there it's is. It's very deliberate. iconic, isn't it? Yeah. So should we? I'm trying to think how to how to get into this next. Should we, do you want to do like the the brief history? first then like with you saying that you read the book first i think it might be nice if you sort of lead into a yeah, bit of the background of the story
1: i can do that so stephen king is is a, a massive stephen king fan by the way <laughs> mm-hmm. so i'm going to come at it from stephen king's angle all the way through this so it's the first that's great i've just started reading them so that's have that's you read good. the shining
0: uh, i've read the shining and i've just i'm 36 hours into the audiobook of it
1: <laughs> wow so you've got about another 14 days left of that yeah nearly yeah <laughs> It and The Shining are really quite close together as well. Dick Halleron appears in It okay, yeah. very he briefly. Does, yeah, yeah, that was really cool. And That's what, that's what really got me into Stephen King, while wow, all the different books like merge together. I love that. They connect
0: together, yeah.
1: So the story of The Shining in the book is slightly different. In, it, it, it's different and the same, because it is about Jack Torrance going to look after this winter mm-hmm. hotel. But the, one of my favourite conspiracy theories about The Shining is the fact that Kubrick deliberately just wanted to shit on Stephen King and it was the whole yeah, film is I've just him about changing yeah. things deliberately for no reason whatsoever. And I really like yeah, that. Yeah, like
0: um is it the car? Yeah. The red car that's so crushed by a, an eighteen wheeler or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: so in the in the novel the car's red, but in the book it's yellow. But mm-hmm. no, the other way around. In the i <laughs> I'll start again.
0: In the film it's yellow. In the yeah. film
1: it's yellow, in the book it's red. But the snow cat is the opposite as well. So in the book that's oh, really? ye- in the book that's yellow, but in the film it's red. And there's loads of yeah, li- that's got to be on purpose. Yeah, and there's loads of little things like that all the way through the film where he's just doing it on purpose, just to piss on David on Stephen King. I think like they really didn't yeah, like I each think other. Right. They-, they really did not like each other.
0: No, and I know that uh, Stanley Kubrick was supposed to be quite unlikable or particularly hard to work with. Yeah, as he like he famously fell out during. The film, wasn't it? It was sort of like plagued by drama that Kubrick and Shelley Duvall, who played Wendy Torrance, which is Jack Torrance's wife, yeah. and Danny Torrance's mother, for anyone who's not watched, um, they fought famously on set constantly, didn't they? And I think she ended up having a, a bit of a breakdown and she's like a bit crazy now. Yeah, you he sent her insane.
2: So she yeah. she had a terrible time <laughs> on this film. So take after take, which obviously Kubrick's for, famous for anyway, but yeah. but yeah, yeah. she seemed to particularly be sort of a object of his... Anger, I suppose, and yeah, you're quite right. She, she, she had basically a nervous breakdown, and and her hair started falling out yeah. as she was filming this. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's mental. It's Wait, unbelievable.
0: I, do you think it's true that it was intentional? Because some people think that Kubrick was tormenting her on purpose to get the reaction for the the strong character out of her. I
1: think it must have been. Uh...
2: It's a tactic he used on other films as well. Yeah. even in his in yeah, his last yeah. movie with uh, was it Eyes Wide Shut with the Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. They yeah. they both said you know how they did. 40, 50 takes of, of you know, the same line over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was definitely a tactic and they broke used.
0: up after, didn't they? They got a divorce after that film. <laughs> <laughs> or was it just before? Maybe it was just before. I don't
2: know. Kubrick's just... He's such an interesting figure, though. He's, um, you know... He, he is. Like, he's, a,
0: he's an actual genius. He's got a... Is it an IQ of 212 or something? Something like that, yeah. I did read that during and, my uh, research. Yeah, as opposed to who like Stephen Hawkins I think he had an IQ of 117 or something like that Blimey! And that goes to show how much <laughs> higher like he, uh, Stanley Kubrick used to do uh, advanced mathematics in his spare time <laughs> for fun why, like, just for fun <laughs> yeah just for fun like fight, uh, no he, he must have been such hard work to deal with but that I think that it takes that insanity to sometimes get the genius that you see on screen
1: yeah definitely I think he definitely did try to get to Shelley DeVille on purpose that's I think that's pretty obvious. The, yeah, the, I think she did. There's a scene in the film that's in the Guinness Book of Records because it's got the most takes in one for one shot. Oh, okay. There's, so the scene with the baseball bat where she's trying to attack Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah, on the stairs. They filmed that 127 yeah. times. Wow. And that is wow. it's still in the Guinness Book of Records now for the longest most retakes of a scene with dialogue. Wow,
0: 127. 127. times would be so tired from climbing those stairs. Apparently, she nearly
1: <laughs> climbed the equivalent of the Empire State Building, but climbed it backwards. <laughs> wow,
0: well, that's impressive <laughs> it's,
1: it's no wonder she was exhausted
0: Yeah, I, I'm not surprised it took five years to shoot this film yeah, no, not at all no, not after doing a, each take that many times and like the sound stage even burnt down didn't it? Yeah, I put it did. that picture on Twitter the other day that's such an incredible photograph of Kubrick stood in front of that because he's just laughing and the desolation he's laughing
1: at the irony of it because in the book the hotel burns down at the end and he was trying to avoid, yeah he was yeah, trying to avoid everything so. about that, the book
0: that's so cool <laughs> right so should we get into spoilers from here then so we can start yeah, talking more about it. the plot we've all watched room 237 yep to sort of prepare ourselves for this so we've got into some pretty interesting conspiracies and yes these people on this this program two
2: films for one this is <laughs>
0: it is yeah <laughs> one of the pieces that really interested me was that uh, kubrick said that the film is to be viewed forwards and backwards yeah which is crazy and, it, and it's quite an interesting concept from um, even just from examining the film and like some of the the like analogies between this and 2001 it mentioned um like, Jack, by the end, becoming, like, a shouting, ape-like madman, which is, like, <laughs> how 2001 begins. Yeah. And it's, like, evolution and devolution crossing over each other. And the overlaying of the film, backwards and forwards, seems to line up way too perfectly from what the film... Well, what from what 237 suggests, anyway. Yeah. And, like, some of the things it showed with like, Wendy and the twins lining up, like, they're wanting to play with her son forever. And Jack's face lining up with the axe murder, like... Yeah, and Jack's face it being on the way TV too and out. that sort of thing.
2: Yeah. So, what? T- yeah. Just to clarify, what we're talking about here is if you play The Shining from the start and the end, and overlay them, the prints over each other, then mm-hmm. things sync up,
1: don't they? Yeah, it's weird. It's very odd.
0: <laughs> yeah, way too strange. If though. that's if that is deliberate, um,
1: then he definitely was a genius. Because how do you even f- think about
0: doing that? How, where do you even start? I, I don't know. <laughs> So. I, I just no, it, it it's too complex. Like this was when was this shot? This was in the eighties, right? Uh, it in the seventies. Came out yeah. in the eighties, in nineteen eighty. So probably seventy. So it must have been shot in mid seventies. Right. Yeah. So two thousand and one was first. So I wonder if maybe he looked at it that way, like started thinking about the the devolution of man from going from a person back to an animal. Possibly.
2: To take that yeah, and maybe. run with it from what is essentially no disrespect to the book, quite a pulpy yeah, definitely. sort of horror novel and just take it in this direction is is pretty remarkable (laughs) to me that's (laughs) how someone's brain works to do that
0: yeah i know i mean that the the room 237 which if people don't know is like it's a a fan film isn't it guys it's like people running with underlying tones what they think have inspired the film and the way it was shot so people are sort of that they're adamant that the film is a retelling of the native american genocide just because of the cans of baking soda in the pantry <laughs> <laughs> some of them are really
1: tenuous <laughs> yeah it's they like, are Yes, yeah. i think there's nine different theories in the film and some of them are really like now oh, come on think about what he's saying it's like one of them's like oh it yeah. must be a film about the holocaust because there's a german typewriter in it and that's literally his only evidence
0: <laughs> because the typewriter is a german adler yeah. typewriter isn't it which is obviously a symbol for nazi germany obviously. <laughs> as well as a symbol from america because it's an eagle adler means eagle is that correct? yeah that's right i think They're trying to link the two genocides together, and the typewriter changes at one point, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it changes from is it white to dark grey or something? Yeah, I think think it it was between those two colours, something like that. The number forty-two
1: appeared quite a lot, and that was the year. And I mean, you can't deny the number forty-two does appear quite a lot in the film, but that could mean anything. See, I
0: feel like I missed that completely. Like, where's the number forty-two?
1: It's on it's on Danny's sleeve at one point. Okay, Uh, there's there's a couple more as well. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it does appear. Three or four times during the film,
0: right? Because I, I wasn't sure. And I, when I heard them start mentioning about the number forty-two, I was like, I completely brushed over that fact, and I felt like they were just sort of pulling it from the air. Um, yeah, i I can get some of the some of the imagery that they're pulling stuff from because there is a hell of a lot of like great imagery made in this. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's... one of the most iconic scenes being like the blood flowing from the elevator. Yeah, I, mean... I think that that is amazing, and they they got. So they got away with that by telling the sensory board that it was actually rusty water. Didn't yeah, they?
1: They, they, you weren't allowed to show blood in a trailer at that point, and so we got away with it by saying it was rusty water.
0: I, d- I yeah, didn't so, so, so have that in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was in the trailer.
0: No way. And it's That, I, shot, that like shot alone
1: to think, took a year to film. Just Really? Yeah, just to keep cleaning up the set and then they'd do it again and he would like, no, I don't like it. It's not red enough or it's not deep enough or it's not dark enough or that's not moved in the way I want it. They, they only filmed it like nine God. times or something, but it took a year to do it, to K- set it up every Kubrick
2: time. Kubrick literally had free reign to do whatever he yeah. wanted, didn't he? And in, in he'd, yeah. he'd sort of built that level of, whether it's respect or people or studios just scared of him. I <laughs> yeah, I think they were scared of him yeah. like he, he looked
0: like it <laughs> looked like pure insanity. Um
2: there's no one sort of working around for the last many years who've, who've had anything like that sort of No. Either, no, e- no even even like your Scorsese's or anyone who's top, you know, legendary still working today it's it's, it's nothing mm-hmm. nothing like the sort of allo- no allo- like that, allowances no. that Kubrick seems to have had. No.
0: No, and as as someone who works on TV sets in like the prop department I would fucking hate Kubrick to work with <laughs> to have to reset sets that many times and clear up all the blood and ah uh, yeah it must it must, have, it must been have been a nightmare, a nightmare
1: for, to, from production. You talk about a nightmare for Shelley Duvall, it must have been a nightmare for everybody who worked on it.
0: Yeah, just absolutely everyone.
2: And and that that sort that sort of thing makes me think. So do you, do you remember the bit in in room two three seven where they're talking about uh, has, has Danny lost his innocence because this sticker of dopey has been removed off the bedroom? <laughs> yeah, I
0: did make a note of that. That was so, very interesting. So so.
2: so on one hand, I'm like, oh, that's, that's a great idea. I'd love to think that they went to that detail, but my other hand is sort of thinking, well, they might have done 60 takes, and in between, they just put a couple of new stickers when they were resetting the set. <laughs> yeah, you just them. don't know. It's... And that's part of the myst- yeah, I mean, mysticism, isn't it?
0: That's it, yeah. It, it definitely is, yeah. It, it's like that thing in school when they say, like, oh, the poem about blue curtains, because the blue was to represent the writer's sadness, and the writer <laughs> was just like, no, the curtains are blue, you know, that kind of thing. It was just... It might be people putting their own meaning on these messages that they think they're getting out of it. Yeah, that's, it's almost like they're mining for strange things. I think you know? Kubrick made that
1: point as well. He he, dis, he did disown most of these theories during his lifetime.
0: Yeah, so, so he was aware of most of. This yeah,
1: stuff. most of the stuff he was aware of, and he he was like, no, nah, it's just it's just a film. Don't don't but think he, too deeply into it. He almost it. Yeah.
2: invited some of that by the fact he was Definitely. essentially a hermit who who lived in his estate. He wouldn't travel by plane, yeah. you know, he surrounded himself with a small sort of crew that he worked with over and over again, uh, you know, and he, he built that mysticism up surrounding himself in his lifetime as well, which sort of all adds to this, this
1: all this stuff that
2: we're talking about. Yeah,
1: I think he played up to it a lot as well. He probably put all these things in there just to get people talking, like we are now, like 40 years later, we're still talking oh, yeah, about
0: probably, it. probably, yeah. Because
1: he, he knew what he was making, he knew what he was doing. It's like there's a scene where the one of the chairs disappears behind Jack. And that's not an That was weird, yeah. That's not an yeah. error. That's just him just playing with the audience. do you
0: think it's supposed to be like the hotel itself is moving things around? Yeah.
1: I think that was what he was getting at.
0: Does ch- yeah, like it's just a strange place to be.
1: That that hotel's a character in itself in the in the book and in the film. Probably more so in the book. But in the film it's it definitely feels alive and there's it's doing things just to
0: it does yeah that was one of the things that, like one of the imagery things i mentioned like with the the, the bloody elevator scene yeah i really like it's almost like they mentioned like the way the doors open only a little bit in 237 and that's something that i've noticed before And it's almost like the hotel is trying to hold back its bloody history and it's like starting to leak out and everyone's starting to see it from this like insane flood that starts forcing its way through. I really like that. And it's with it still staying closed, it's like there's still dark secrets that are being withheld.
2: Yeah, I I really like that as well. I think that's a great example of what, cubit's doing well the only other thing i was going to say is is sort of you know that's one extreme of where you can see yeah i I can really see that cubit would have done that deliberately and then some of the things in in room 237 are an absolute stretch like the woman describing how she can she's got a whole theory based on the fact that there's a poster of a minotaur yeah in the back back of the office i was watching
0: that like what the fuck are you talking about that makes no sense whatsoever
1: it's clearly a skier (laughs) yeah it is completely a skier. It's just—it's got its legs bent. It might be a bull.
2: Yeah, she's she's squinting and she's got bad eyesight. If she's seen a minotaur there, that's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and probably watching it on a VHS when stuff was like i don't know it was probably like 4 440p or whatever it is
2: uh, the other one that made me giggle was the guy who's convinced that kubrick had airbrushed a self-portrait into the clouds in the opening credit
0: i paused that because i
1: could not see that no me neither <laughs> no i can't i've heard that a lot and yeah. i could not see it
0: anywhere I, I, every time i, I watched
1: paused it. it and stared at it on this 90 inch projector in my room and i'm like no yeah. like, that is not there You've <laughs> got it on the whole wall like, yeah. no it's not there you've made that up
0: <laughs> you've made that up just to get in this film yeah, they've completely, completely made up some of it. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, should we, should we break down some of the most famous scenes of the film? Yeah, and is there any particular favourites that you guys have got? Um, obviously you've got the famous "Here's Johnny" scene.
1: Got to be everybody's favourite. So is scene, that I'm the? Sure. Oh yeah, is
2: that probably the most famous improvised scene in a movie? Yeah, that that's a. I think it that is. That line was not written. Yeah. Apparently Nicholson came up with that.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that apparently wasn't written, like when he was singing. The three little pigs, I'll huff and I'll buff and I'll, you know, I'll blow your house in, that kind of thing. Apparently, that wasn't in the script either. No. Yeah, he was just completely going mental. And the the difference, that's one of the huge differences between the book and the film from this point. It's pretty much completely different, isn't it? Because he doesn't even have an axe in the book. He has uh, like a croquet mallet, I think. Yeah, a croquet mallet. Yeah. And I definitely think the axe is a lot more threatening. Yeah,
1: there's, yeah. There's not much intimidation in a croquet mallet running around with a croquet mallet. No, I mean, they're pretty
0: big and heavy, but yeah, an axe is definitely scarier. It's not Uh, as cinematic, is it? No, not quite, no. Did you see it sold recently at auction? I didn't see that. How much are we talking? Basically, at the end of filming of this, uh, one of the carpenters on set needed a new axe, so he bought it from Stanley Kubrick for £5. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. He then took it home and has proceeded to use it for the past 30 years, chopping wood in his woodshed. Really? Yep, and has realised recently he remembered where he got it from and (laughs) sold it for £50,000 at Orchard. (laughs) Wow, that's insane. Yeah, I know. I I feel like it should have sold for more, personally. That's one of the most iconic pieces of cinema history. Definitely. Definitely spe- yeah. definitely horror it's movie a- history yeah, probably sure. the most I mean, iconic everyone has seen that scene even if you haven't seen the film if you say here's johnny everyone knows what that is
1: it took 60 doors they broke 60 doors in the making of that scene wow 60,
0: 60. god jack nicholson's <laughs> arms must have been killing by the end of that jack nicholson was a trainee firefighter
1: before he was an actor so they built these like oh, really? yeah so they built these like stage doors that were easy yeah. to break and he was just annihilating them straight away because he knew what he was doing machine so they had to end up ah, so they, right. ended, they ended up having to use real <laughs> doors and they got through 60 of them before he, before kubrick had got the shot that he wanted
0: again from production the carpenter's putting all those doors on you yeah. get so fucking sick <laughs> of hinges
1: he probably deserved his
2: 55 grand for uh for, for all that work yeah, then. yeah he probably does just, yeah. just took him a while to uh, cash
0: it in i've got a i've actually got a cool piece of history sat right in front of me on my wall i've got one of the cinema cells from when jack is breaking through the door oh really yeah, I bought it a few uh, months ago. Awesome. I got that and a, and a cell from 2001: A Space Odyssey. Cool.
1: I've got one from Fight Club in my on my stairs.
0: Oh, nice! <laughs> awesome. I want one of the the IMAX ones from Interstellar, yeah. but they're really expensive. Yeah, I've got. I've randomly got one from Count Ducula as well. <laughs> oh, I used to love that program. That was such <laughs> Just a. Just to go shout. completely off topic, that
1: Nick can see it. It's yeah. up on the wall, right above it. So that's an actual drawn animation cell from Count Oh No yeah, way! An actual
0: drawn one. Well, yeah. That's so I'm cool. Drawn. You have to send us a picture of that. Yeah, we will do. Uh, so, is there any other famous scenes that you're particularly fond of from this film?
2: Not, not as necessarily. Well, it, it happens a couple of times during the film. But one of the things I always think of when when talking about or thinking of this film is the sound of Danny riding his uh, trike. Yeah, around the around yeah, the hotel, yeah. and again, I, how it feels ominous. Just the sound of him either being on the carpet or then moving onto the floor as he's he's driving around. Yeah, off
0: yeah off the rug onto the wooden floor. Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah, and and the fact it's shot at his... It's his, very rhythmic, isn't it? Yeah, and the fact it's shot at his <laughs> level as well. Yeah. Sort of, again, sort of adds to what you were saying earlier about this hotel being this
1: ominous character and presence itself.
0: Yeah, it feels like it's following him. It was one of the very first uses of the steady cam, wasn't it? Yes. yes,
1: it was. It was the guy who yeah. invented the Steadicam, did the filming for it as well.
0: Yeah, they brought him in, didn't they? Yeah. They, they sent in a piece of footage, and Stanekere really liked it, so then... They flew him out there for a few days, didn't they, or something, just to film those parts and then sent him back. Apparently, they, and, uh, they told
1: him they'd need him for like six months or something, and he ended up being on set for yeah. over a year and a half. and He had to keep flying by Concorde to go and film Rocky III at the same time. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so he was filming both at the same time. So they had to follow every Sunday. That's he had to take Concorde to get between the two different films.
0: That's really cool. I mean, it was fucking bawling completely, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's, again, though, that shows how much leeway Kubrick had with the studios because the, stu- the studio would oh, never yeah. let that happen now.
0: No, not at all. I mean, the thing is that if if Kubrick, if someone rang you up, you know, and you're working in in TV or film, and someone's like Kubrick says they want you out in America for this weekend, you'd be like, "Yep, just drop absolutely everything <laughs> yeah, you're doing." You uh, I I like the the riding round scenes in that when it shows because that that was one of the things in two three seven it mentions about the the details in the surrounding of the hotel. Yeah, like it shows the map, doesn't it? Of it's like impossible structures. Uh, when Danny's riding round and he ends up upstairs at one point, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, even though it never cuts. Yeah, that's. I found that was really really strange.
1: Again, that's got to be intentional, hasn't it? It's not just it's not just the way the sets have been built. It's Kubrick trying to fuck with your mind again.
0: Yeah. Did you see that part with the the people who walk out of nowhere? Yeah. How that that <laughs> like I never noticed that either, and it, it really annoyed me that I never <laughs> noticed it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy.
0: Uh, and the part with Halloran is showing them round the kitchen. And they go into the the freezer. And when they step out the freezer, it's a completely different room. I'd
1: never spotted that either. Until yeah, I watched I, 237, I, I I'd no. never spotted that. It looks like the most obvious thing that you should easily spot. But you just hadn't.
0: Yeah, because th- there's a door right next to the door they come out of, isn't yeah. there? And they're in a big open room when they go in there before. And uh, the door opens the other way and all that weird stuff.
1: So there must be two different sets built for that.
0: <laughs> I think they filmed it facing one way and then, and then filmed it, filmed it, the it facing okay. the other. Because you can see the windows of the chef's, like the chef's office on one side. Right. And then when they come out, it's on the other side. So I think they switched which way they were shooting, which they do it a few times. They do it when Danny's on the carpet as well, don't they? When he stands up. Yeah. From, like, the, uh, the moon landing yeah. conspiracy.
1: <laughs> the moon landing conspiracy is brilliant. I, mean, I don't think I we've know, really touched to on that, but we should definitely get into that at some point.
0: Oh, we definitely will. What do, um, section, yeah.
2: Before we get into that, what do we think of some of the performances? So, obviously, we've talked about Shelley Duvall. What what, what do you guys think about uh, Nicholson? Because Stephen King doesn't rate it.
0: No. No, I know. And I, I'm glad you've said that, because Jordan didn't like it either. Really? He said he, yeah. He said he felt like he was very overacted.
2: Yeah. So Stephen King's issue with it, and I can, I'm not sure I agree with it wholeheartedly, but I, I can understand the, the principle of it is that that Nicholson goes in at an, a ten, and only ends up as, yeah, as, as yeah. an eleven. Yeah. And that this gradual sort of uh, deterioration of his state of mind and his, his mental health and his, you know, going crazy. It, that isn't done very well no, in this film.
1: It looks crazy in the very first scene that he's in. Yeah, because
0: that's Nicholson, isn't <laughs> yeah. he? He's already mental. <laughs> He'd only just filmed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's
1: Nest as well. He came straight from that. He's
0: obviously very in that mindset. Do you
1: think there's something to that? Yeah, I think there is. I really like Nicholson's, the way he plays this part, but it isn't the part that Stephen King wrote.
0: No, no, he very much develops through that door wedge of a book, doesn't the hotel he from sends him insane, like family man. Th- this, this film portrays him as insane. He's start. already
2: well on his way, I yeah. think, by the time he walks in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, I feel like if you watch the the American version of this film because it's a f- it's like 23 extra minutes or something. Yeah. There are a few extra scenes that show Jack to be a bit of a better father and husband than it does in the UK version. Right and I feel like there is a slight difference in how fast it ramps up
1: have you ever seen Stephen King's version of it no from 97
0: I haven't I've heard it's terrible it's
1: <laughs> terrible <laughs> I, yeah. I watched it when it came out I, I was going to watch it again in research for this and I couldn't
0: bring myself to do it because it's on for four... I was going to, and then I saw a clip and I was like nope, nope. It's,
1: it's on for four and a half hours as well <laughs> oh god really <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a mini series it was series, a mini series right? so yeah so, so, so to watch the whole thing you need to put and it's, or it's so bad and the CGI is terrible in it but
0: yes, I've heard about the CGI.
1: Stephen Webber plays Jack Torrance in that and he does do this gradual decay yeah. into madness until he ends up beating his own face off with a croquet mallet. Okay.
0: That was a part in the book yeah. that I did think was amazing yeah and I thought it was horrible and it was really hard to read.
1: Yeah, definitely. So that's that's Jack Torrance fighting back against the hotel and then the hotel fighting him and eventually destroying him. But that yeah, you don't really yeah, see it's supposed that to be the that's
0: book. the point where he changes, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So you don't really see that in this film. You, you he has this gradual descent into madness but it, it starts off like you said at a 10 and only gets to an 11.
0: It's hard to portray Jack Nicholson as sane though isn't it? Because he is, yeah, <laughs> he looks completely insane. Yeah. Just with the eyebrows. He, completely
2: he doesn't do dial down does
0: he? Yeah. It's, uh... Not really no. no. Uh, there's, there's a scene that I really like that I think was one of the ones that Jordan didn't like particularly because of Jack Nicholson's portrayal of Jack. We don't he's, care what he's, Jordan he's thinks. It's getting complex because yeah. they're both called Jack. <laughs> No, exactly. Fuck, Fuck you, Jordan. you, Jordan. <laughs> Hope you're facing the toilet being sick. Um, and it, it's it's when he's in the bar. Yeah. I think it's after the point where he's been accused of hurting Danny. And he walks down the corridor and ends up in the golden room. Yeah. And when he sits down at the bar, he says, I'd, I think he says, I'd sell my soul for a drink. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, a bartender, all in red, looking like the devil with slicked back hair, just appears in front of him. Yeah. And it almost felt like... the The hotel was the devil answering his prayers. Yeah, I think that's. And then suddenly the bar's fully stocked, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think, yeah, I do as well. Yeah, and
0: I'd never noticed him say, I'd sell my soul for a drink, or at least I'd never connected it with Lloyd, the bartender, appearing all in red. It was. And he doesn't blink at all, does he, the bartender? And he's very, very creepy.
1: He is so creepy. He's one of the creepiest characters in the film.
0: And I almost wish that he was in it more, but I love it that he's in it so sparsely. Yeah as well it's like i'm in a, like a bit of a weird equilibrium between myself with it because it works so well that he's used so minimally and that's when uh grady turns up as well doesn't he which is he gets the advocate spilled down in. yeah
1: and they go into the weird red bathroom
0: yeah yeah what did you think of grady's character
1: um like you say, he's not in it a lot but what he does is really good he's obviously supposed to be the personification of the yeah, hotel he's- isn't he's he's the guy who's going to talk jack through it
0: it almost really, it really confused me this film. I think on my first watch it was more confusing and then it it got less confusing but I kind of understood that it was an intentional confusing. You know like where it's yeah. almost like the hotel is a time warp. And that's something that's touched on more in the book with the clock it that's in the golden room as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yeah. There's like it's like this weird clock is looping the time around the hotel. Yes. Yeah, and almost just like capturing people in yeah, it. Yeah,
1: it's almost like time doesn't really exist in that sort of world.
0: Yeah,
2: that's it. It's it. I think that's exactly what it is. You know, you are through those doors. You're in, you're in a vortex or whirlpool, whatever you want yeah. to call Kubrick it. Yeah, Kubrick
1: kind of bubble. went for that with the very last shot in the film as well. Yeah, he kind of paid homage to that a little bit
0: that. Yeah, with the with the photograph. Yeah,
1: because that's completely out of place with the rest of the film. That scene doesn't need to be there. The ending's perfectly well to no, right no. about it. But he, I think that is just a little bit of a homage to the book at the end. I'd not I don't, It was, and
0: because that was in the book, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, the picture. I I did see some other stuff online that the, the scrapbook from the actual novel that Jack starts flicking through, he starts going through the whole history of the hotel, doesn't he, in the book. And it was in the film originally.
1: Yeah, there's a brief shot of it in the film on his desk because he's writing.
0: Yeah, and it was cut content. That photograph was actually in the book. Oh, really? Yeah, and they moved it onto the wall after that part was taken out of the film. Got you. Because cause Kubrick was very... With, with this and with 2001, he was, he was writing the script as they were shooting it, weren't they? There's famous shots of him sat in the, the hotel's kitchen, typing up on a typewriter himself. Yeah. So the
1: film, yeah. the film was shot in chronological order, which...
0: Oh, really? That's unusual. Very, That's very rare. Very rare, yeah. Yeah,
1: so he wanted, he had to do that because he hadn't got the full script and he needed to write the script as it went along. So he had to shoot it in chronological So every set had to be built, every actor had to be there at all times. and Wow. And he, he wrote it as it was going along. We re- That's re- a horrible
0: re- way to do it, yeah, and a very expensive That's- way to do it. Yeah. If you have to keep every actor on set,
1: yeah, I think every sound stage at the place they filmed it was used at the same time, just so they could have this whole hotel set built all at once.
0: That is very cool, though. Yeah,
2: just going back to what you said, I really like the idea of. I'm almost disappointed I've not seen that bit. You know, in the film where if Nick, uh, Jack Torrance is looking through the scrapbook and he sees himself in a picture, yeah, I'd, I think that would be. Uh, yeah, I I don't know where really we creepy. found
0: that picture. Yeah, that would have been really cool that would have been great i mean that's like something that kubrick seems to do a lot doesn't it? He, he seems to be like reaching out to his viewers in anything that he does with with this i know that he, he didn't he approach advertising agencies to learn about subliminal messaging going into yeah they've
1: mentioned that in room 237 as well don't they briefly yeah yeah he wanted to hide subliminal messages in the film and so he learned how do to you do think it that's why it.
0: people have looked for so much in, in the background
1: probably i think people just tend to go for kubrick as well they they try and every and every one of his films analyzed to death online now. It's not just this. Oh one, yeah, completely. That's what people do with Kubrick films. They do. They, they like you said earlier. They read into it whatever they want to find.
0: Yeah, you put your own meaning into it. Yeah. So, talking about giving meanings to things, I'd like to really move on to this moon landing thing. Cause I want to know, <laughs> know what you think about it. <laughs> uh, so. A lot of people were saying that two thousand and one was a research project to see if he could actually fake it. Yeah. Do you think that's true using front screen projection technology?
1: Uh, are people gonna say from the outset that I don't think he did fake the moon landings. <laughs> no, like <laughs> but yeah, and
0: I'd like to point out as well. I believe that we did go to the moon. <laughs> yeah. I, I th- really, really To do. be fair,
1: the conspiracy theorists believe that we went to the moon. They just believe that the footage is fake.
0: Yeah, and I, I can I can understand that. I, yeah. I can understand why. One of the main reasons, like do you know much about space trailer i'm i'm a bit of a, a space nerd go on i don't know a lot so like it. i i that the main thing is that you've got a radiation belt that's around earth called the van allen radi- radiation belt and it's it's a zone of um like charged particles that surrounds us and the weird thing about it is you can't really bring film through it because it completely destroys everything right it'd be like opening a camera and letting UV light get to it or it, like putting a, a film camera through an X ray machine. It it destroys the film for everything that's on it. Right. So that's one weird reason why it's like, okay, so how did you get the footage back? The footage Because we didn't have digital footage then. So is it possible and that, Van
1: Allen, is it possible that they filmed it just on the off chance that the footage wouldn't work when they were there or when they got back?
0: I d I don't know. That's that's the weird thing about it because you'd try anyway. Yeah. But do you think that you would make backup footage just in just case? Just in
1: case. That's a possibility, I guess.
0: I remember seeing something online and it, it was an interview with some random like US general who was retired from years and years and years ago. And he mentioned something about Kubrick and about shooting backup footage. Right. But then there's nothing else about it. <laughs> and I can't now find the video anymore. And I feel like it's just been taken <laughs> down. But like, your head. Which makes... Like that all, makes a lot
1: of sense.
2: It does, and like all good t- conspiracy theories, the fact that it's very plausible is what's given this one legs.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it is yeah, plausible. Completely. It is plausible that they would have had a backup just in case, because it was at the time. I think it was the most watched thing ever on TV. So oh yeah, not it was. Gonna, they're not going to yeah. want to give that up on the off chance that they might lose the footage.
0: No, no, because back then it was all about beating Russia, wasn't it? It yeah. was all about trying to get there first. This space race from the promise that um, JFK had made and yeah i i just i could see them doing that i could see them wanting to make something just in case as a backup and if you and are
1: if you are going to do it are you going to use the greatest director in the world at the time
0: exactly and if you look <laughs> at 2001 a space odyssey now it still looks real that's yeah. the thing it's it looks amazing yeah and uh, apparently the nasa um someone from cia and nasa did come to the the location in london I think that was actually mentioned in Room 237 yeah, as well. There's it a photograph of a guy on set who's actually part of the NASA program. Right. Did you see that bit? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, And, and that was going to be my next question. So what do you make of Room two, the, the theory here that The Shining is essentially Kubrick's confession that he did direct moon landing footage?
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it's very cool and it lines up very well, but I don't know if it's true. <laughs> yeah.
1: A lot of it does line up and it, there is definitely moon references in there with... Danny wearing yeah, yeah. Danny wearing the jumper of Apollo Eleven on it and that sort of thing, but yeah, whether it's his confession to it or not, I don't
0: I... <laughs> let let us preface it for listeners in case they they haven't seen it or they're not like yeah you know they haven't actually seen that or noticed that part of the film. So the thing is, is when it's when Danny is sat on the the hexagonal carpet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and he's he's actually seeing that room two three seven. The door is open. He stands up in a really strange way, like. So the rocket like looks like it's taking off on his jumper, yeah, and then walks to room two three seven, and the room in the book is actually room two one seven, yes. and it's changed to two three seven in the film. And the strange thing about that is that the moon is two hundred and thirty seven thousand miles away from Earth, and so it's like the Apollo rocket being Danny is moving to that point to go into the they call it the Moon Room, don't they? Because on the the key. The uh, the capital letters you've got R O O M and then N and then a lowercase O. Yeah. So you the two words you can make from that is moon and room and then two three seven.
1: Every hotel has the room number written on their room keys.
0: <laughs> it's not yeah, like exactly. A new thing, that's right? that's where I was like, right, you got a stretch there. Yeah,
1: that's a that's a big um, stretch. Also, the hexagonal floor looks like the landing or the takeoff pads. The landing are, pads. The landing pads.
2: Yes. So again, it's another case where the the shots have been flipped, hasn't it? so it has yeah it has so the is it when danny stands up the hexagons open so it's like lifting off isn't it and it's yeah
0: yeah and it's closed when he sat down and the ball rolls towards him doesn't it yeah like down the thing, like could that be the fueling the fueling uh, little vehicle, and then it takes up. You know, you can you can pull anything from it you like, really. You can.
1: I really I really like the moon landing conspiracy because I I think it does fit and it fits
0: nicely and it does. And one of the the, the parts earlier that I really like, or is it just, maybe it's just after uh, where, with Jack's rant at Wendy when he's like, I've got to keep my contract to my employers, which would be the American government, and then when Danny turns up, it's like. He's got all the bruises on his neck, like he's been choked to be silent, and the jumper's ripped with the Apollo Eleven on it and stuff. It's, it's all very cool. And Danny can't talk, like he's been silenced. Yeah,
1: and that that rant that Jack Nicholson does at that point is completely out of context with his character. It's not the sort of thing that Jack Torrance would say. The, the way he's, no, I the know. way he says it and the words that he uses are completely different. And that did feel like Kubrick just that was Kubrick talking through Jack Nicholson at that point.
0: Yeah, it felt like it was an anal- analogy for himself almost, didn't yeah, it? Definitely.
1: I I did like the
2: way it was. They ran for it in in the documentary room two three seven. The guy who was describing it, he was getting more and more passionate. And then at the yeah, po- yeah. At, at the point where they showed the footage, when Danny just stands up with this jumper, and and the guy's like, and that's when I knew. <laughs> this that's it. It confirms it. Yeah, this has all happened. There's no doubt
0: in my mind. Yeah, there's some crazy people. <laughs> I've there got really to say. Are. It's a nice yeah, like, th- It's a nice story. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a nice story and. Like, it doesn't really help itself, uh, the, the people talking on the film Room 237. Like, not only do they come across crazy, it's recorded really strangely, isn't it? Like, there's one where there's a guy talking and you can just hear his kids shouting in the background. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. <laughs> it was almost like, like he was just on the phone. Do you think that was intentional? I don't know. I'd like to think not. Because but... it, it, he then goes, I've just got to go silence my boy. Yeah, why would or you something. leave he that says, Why would you why leave that, that in, true, yeah. It seems like that's like a hidden thing about The Shining about. So Jack, room two three seven are hiding things up, in there it. as well. Everybody's just hiding things yeah, in it, films. It's, like, <laughs> it's this weird Inception thing about conspiracies. <laughs> yeah, like, did, what do you think about all the Nazi stuff in there? Like, because at the end with the photo, like it does that wide angle to a close up. And like Jack's hair forms a Hitler (laughs) moustache on his lip or something. Did you see that? Yeah,
1: that was in the forward and backwards thing at the same time, wasn't it? Or no, it was no, it was in the dissolve between the two shots, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and because allegedly Stephen King, uh, it's not Stephen King, sorry, uh, Stanley Kubrick was going to make a film around Nazis called the Aryan Papers afterwards, but then never did. Right. Yeah, so that was people think it was
2: that was mentioned a couple of times, wasn't it? That that Kubrick really wanted to make this war film, Second World War film and mm-hmm. he'd wanted to make it for years he couldn't get up the courage that's the wrong thing to say but he, he couldn't bring himself to sort of tackle that subject so that yeah allegedly this is one of one of the things he addresses in the shine
0: yeah almost like he had other things on his mind that he was working up ideas for while filming this at the same time
1: yeah
2: i i don't i don't know i I mean we've seen he's a clever enough guy to go to that sort of level but yeah i'm, I'm just not sure i
0: it, it almost feels like he's prefacing his, his early film and his later film in each film he does. So in this one, he mentions the moon because 2001 was before it. And then he was mentioning Nazis because he was thinking of was doing be. a Nazi film afterwards. So, you know, so he was doing like a chronological order of his films that you could work through. And
2: we know he wanted to make that film right up until um, a bit nearer the end of his life. And then apparently he saw Spielberg Schindler's List. And that it was yeah, only then yeah. that he felt, oh, I don't need to do it. It's been done. <laughs> You know, like yeah,
0: it's it's been Spielberg's yeah, done what, what I was gonna do, likewise.
2: so yeah. So again, it it's plausible, isn't it? That's the that's the
0: thing. It, it is, <laughs> yeah. Or and, uh, one of the one of the things I really liked the the only go. number forty two thing that I I uh, sort of I didn't buy into it, but I noticed like oh that's pretty weird that room two three seven you do two times three times seven and it equals forty two. Yeah, yeah. I I like that. <laughs> I was like oh that's like you know the Illuminati videos. Where it's like look closer three sides <laughs> a pyramid has three sides you know all that sort
1: of stuff it like really lines up with that that lines up as well because um, stephen king in stephen king's book the number 19 appears quite a lot in most of his stories yes it does and doesn't it yeah 17 plus 2 is 19 so that lines up with stephen king doing that as well as kubrick doing it with two, mm. seven.
0: oh right yeah that's pretty cool no way <laughs> is this just like the number 23 you know like that film where once you start thinking about it you see it everywhere like now i'm looking at 237 and the first two digits are 23 you know that kind of thing like it just starts bleeding into your brain
1: that's a terrible film that is a terrible prove anything with maths (laughs) i
0: I didn't hate it originally but i've not watched it in a long time so i don't know whether it's good or not
1: really hated it talking of uh, really talking of jim carrey have you seen the deep fake footage on YouTube of the shining star and Jim Carrey. No, <laughs> I have. It's so good. It's, yeah, it's so good. Oh, I'm you, going to find that when we're finished here. That. So basically, they've just superimposed Jim Carrey's face over Jack Nicholson. I could actually imagine him doing that role. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah, th- there's there's one of them. It's when he's at the typewriter, isn't it? And Wendy comes to talk to him. It looks so real. It does. It's, it's, it's fucking insane. It's scary. Like they've got the same crazy eyebrows and stuff, don't they? they? They seem to move their faces the same way.
1: If you were going to remake The Shining, now you would use I would use Jim Carrey.
0: Oh, Definitely. yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah. Especially with his weird, like, the way he's gone recently. He's yeah, gone a bit crazy, he has hasn't he? Yeah, he's gone
2: completely crazy. He's got just the right level level of sort of cragginess now, hasn't he? Yeah, you could,
0: uh, yeah he does. Yeah, you could he see that. He's got some crazy artwork, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, he's uh, quite a good artist. He is, yeah, yeah. That's a good thing. Uh, How do you
0: recast The Shining now?
1: <laughs> that's a great <laughs> That's a great Ooh, topic to get Yeah,
0: into. go on then. Let's do that. How would you recast it now? So let's say Jim Carrey as Jack. Who, do you, Who would you cast as Shelley?
1: I really, really don't like Shelley Duvall in The Shining. No. i just going to put it out of there. I think she's awful in it. But... I d-
2: why? I don't think she's not acting. I think we've pretty much oh, established no, that she's, yeah. a...
1: she <laughs> she's just playing herself. She's just, yeah, she's just screams all the way through it. I, I really don't like the way she plays it. That's my only criticism of the mm. whole film. I really don't like the way she. Stephen King hated it as well. Yeah. Really? But I watched an interview Well, with she's very
0: different it. than in the book, isn't she? Completely.
1: In, in the book, she's more of a strong, she was an ex cheerleader. She's a beautiful blonde girl. And it was like yeah. a strong character, and the way Shelley Duvall played it, or the way Kubrick made Duvall play it, was completely opposite to that. Because Kubrick wanted to do everything opposite to what Stephen King did.
0: Yeah, the reason was they said because they thought if she was a strong woman, she wouldn't have put up with Jack's shit all yeah. that time. Which they is a fair like, comment no, because this, I'm leaving. If you watch the miniseries, it,
1: you would you do think that all the way through? Like, why, is this, why is this woman staying there? So that is a fair yeah, comment. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, King called her the most misogynistic character he's ever seen on film. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I watched an interview with him this morning, actually, from, from oh, right. 2000, wow. 2014 or 2011. And, uh, oh, you'll have to link us to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll drop the YouTube link. There's a couple of uh, interviews on there. Because K- hate, oh, right, uh, cool. King hated everything about this film. And the the rumor is there's a rumor, I'm completely going off what we were talking about about recasting yeah. but there's a Getting rumor really that deep in his conspiracies. King, King had to, to obviously <laughs> make his miniseries, he had to get the rights back for the book for the film so he oh wow. he signed a contract to say that he would stop slagging off the film oh okay if they so if they let him have the rights back and since that film's come out he's been really quiet about his thoughts on the shining oh right until so maybe it's true and then, then yeah, when maybe kubrick died then he started talking shit about it again so i, I find that that's another conspiracy theory but i like it but yeah, yeah it's very somebody cool. cast shelly cut part in uh, in the shining now um hmm,
0: who would i have it's a tough one, isn't it? It is. That's a really hard character to cast. <laughs> would you want to go the strong route? Like, would you want, you know, like the whole like Jennifer Lawrence kind of a stronger female role to go into that?
1: I, no, I think you've got to cast it as the way Shelley Duvall played it, haven't you? Otherwise, I, sure I think... you're making a completely different film.
2: I don't know. Mm. I, th- I think I, I'd be looking. You want someone who doesn't look necessarily strong to look at, but then you see you can see some of that steel through. I don't know. I'm
1: not sure what I'd go (laughs) for. Maybe you could put it out on Twitter and see if people can suggest. Yeah,
0: let's put it out on Twitter then. Yeah, definitely. You could do one of the kids from It as Danny.
1: Yeah, they might be a little bit old now.
0: Yeah, they are are now, aren't they? Yeah.
1: Finn Wolfhard's about eight foot three now, isn't he? (laughs) I know, he's so
0: stretched out and weird,
1: isn't he? (laughs) He's in a new horror film that's coming out. I saw a trailer for that the other day. Oh, really? What is it? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what it's called. (laughs) He plays a creepy kid in it.
0: Oh, right. Nice. Uh we went to see the first Terminator uh yesterday. Oh and in the cinema. Yeah, they were showing the first one again because we would join this website. If no if, you know if, if you haven't heard of this guy's any of you listeners, whatever, there's a website called it's either our screen or our cinema. I can't remember which one. And you join it and you can put forward f- your films that you want to see in the cinema. And then if say sixty people go, Okay, I'd I'd like to see that too, uh, they get the reel and they put it in a cinema. Oh, so a you can just idea. buy tickets and go and watch it. Awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. So we've seen like Aliens, we've seen the first Terminator we saw 2001: A Space Odyssey. We saw. What else did we see? Uh, we have seen Terminator 2 next week, maybe as well, because it's getting ready for Terminator: Dark Fate coming out. So they're doing all the Terminators oh, uh, yeah. up to that point. That sounds awesome. Uh, well, the first two, anyway. The good ones. Uh, yeah, but it's the good ones. <laughs> yeah, the good ones.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the Shiny's getting a cinema release in November. Is it? Yeah, because oh, okay. it's, cause it's oh, been wow. 4K remastered. So it's it's Very on cool. it's on in a cinema near us on the 25th of November, I think. Okay. So I might, I might check that out. Awesome.
0: Oh, yeah, I would. I'd love to see this in the cinema. If it comes to near us, I'll definitely do yeah. it. So I want to give you one final revelation to end this episode. Okay. That Stanley Kubrick died 666 days before year 2001. No, no way. There's some creepy maths Th- for you.
1: That's creepy math. I like that i know yeah (laughs) perfect for the halloween season that's blowing my mind so final thoughts on the shining then what's what
0: yeah let's get some final thoughts so you guys go first after you you're the guests
1: it's my favorite horror film of all time without a doubt of all time of all time wow Uh, being a stephen king fan obviously influences that but i I do think it's i do think it's the greatest horror film ever made
0: that's interesting going from knowing that stephen king hated this let me put it out there, I'm not one of these Stephen King
1: fans that thinks everything he does is amazing uh, yeah. at all. He hasn't written anything good since he finished The Dark Tower. <laughs>
0: yeah, you told <laughs> me that, I'm, yeah. I'm just yeah.
1: going to say that, but everything, he's, everything he writes, I read straight away. His new book got delivered to me yesterday.
0: Oh, really? Wow, cool.
1: Did he bring it round himself? <laughs> yeah, he did, Jay. Yeah. He, <laughs> he just popped in for a cuppa. <laughs> popped in for a cuppa. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> he's a <laughs> but, nice guy, Steve, isn't he? Yeah. It's, also, it's the greatest supernatural book that was written. That he's ever written. Yeah, yeah. If not, yeah, it's.
0: Um, it was the first one I read. The first first of his books. I think. I, read. It mo- I
1: think for most people, it is. It's the first go to. If you're going to get into Stephen King, read The Shining. And I think,
0: do you then, think it's the most iconic because of this film?
1: Possibly. I think without the film, the book probably fades away into insignificance a little bit.
2: Uh, I think they mm-hmm. they complement each other. Yeah. And that's a strange thing to say by them being so different, but. The book. They do. Yeah, they, yeah, it's they do. A <laughs> duality, it's isn't the it?
1: same story told by two. Absolute geniuses, yeah. So told in different ways, and that's is, really interesting.
2: And and for me, that you know, to my sort of final thoughts on The Shining is that there's just nothing else like it.
0: No, there's not. No, nothing at uh, all. No.
2: It's it's like as we've said, it's layer upon layer of stuff. You you can see different things in it every time you watch. There's so much to pick apart. It's yeah, we've we well, loads. We haven't it's talked fascinating. About. We've barely, <laughs> yeah, talk, we've, we've barely talked. We've barely talked about then.
1: it. We've talked about Room Two Three Seven more than we've talked about The Shining. Yeah, I think we have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good for Halloween, I suppose, oh, There it? is There was one more thing I wanted to say. There's, there's yeah, a point, it. there's there's, a, there's one jump scene in the whole film, and that's when Jack kills Halloran yeah. with the axe, because so yeah, you don't yeah. see him coming, and he just literally slices his chest. But Kubrick gave away a di- another jump scene that could have happened, because he di- he only wanted one in the film. So the scene where yeah, right. Wendy finds the p- typed-out pages, yeah. and then it, the camera pans back, and Jack Nicholson's standing there, Kubrick, if they'd have shot that different, if Kubrick would have been uh, Nixon would have been over a shoulder, and that would have been the jump scene of him being there as the camera pans away. But he gave that away oh, because right. he only wanted the one jump scene in the film. Great fact.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. I know that someone actually had to type up all of that. Yeah, all work is no play. I've actually seen the props because I went to the Stanley Kubrick exhibition recently, and in the Shining section, they had like the axes in the walls, and they had Danny's jumper and the girls' dresses oh, and the typewriter. Uh, and the photograph it's still in london now at the um kensington design museum oh, right. it's got everything cut from cut all cut of out. his films and yeah they had all of the the typewriter notes in every language so they had like italian wow. french spanish and yeah it was about as thick as you know S- stephen king's books <laughs> of just that note just those words in different shapes and
1: somebody had to sit and type all that out so over and over again
0: yeah, it was Kubrick's secretary who did it, apparently. That's great. There
1: was a rumour originally that it was Kubrick himself that did it, but he, I think it came out eventually that it was his secretary that did it. God. But she must have He's been. He's one of them she people that
0: wouldn't surprise
1: me if he did it. Yeah. She must have been insane by the end of that. <laughs> That's enough to drive oh, anybody yeah. insane. Yeah,
0: completely. Yeah. I think she must have been. I think it's probably my second favourite Kubrick film. And it's it's definitely up there for my favourite films. It's It's in my top ten, for sure. It's
1: definitely in my top ten. Yeah, it's number without, one for but definitely in my top ten. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: trying to think of other horror films that have really made that much of an impact psychologically, really. And I can't really place any. No. Not that sticking your head with such, you know, famous scenes that it's almost become into the pop culture, hasn't it? Yeah, it is. Especially like the through the door with the axe and finding the old woman in the bathtub, which we didn't even talk we about. We didn't even talk about that. Uh, <laughs> no, I meant to talk about that part and we didn't.
2: That's a, that's a, great, a great scene. So th- there's even a shining opera. So yeah, really yeah. So, so which I I I read this week. Uh, I think it was I think it was an Australian production. But the fact that it's even seeped into sort of that level of you know it, it, the influence that it has, and and obviously you've you've seen countless references in The Simpsons and and hundreds of other TV shows. It's Ready Player One. <laughs> That's what I thought
0: The Simpsons. that yeah. was That's what I went to. <laughs> Ready Player One as well. It's in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is so good. That's the best bit of that film. Yeah,
2: definitely. It is. Yeah. It is the
1: best film. It
0: really is. is. Yeah, when Jack's feet like fall and plant in the snow around the camera and then it just starts chasing him. They even got the walk perfect for the way that he's walking in the film. It's really cool. It is
1: by far the best bit. It's a great film, but that is by far the best bit. Things ever watched and played to recommend to you.
0: Uh, So we usually end this episode on game news and movie news, but I'm just going to completely scrap over that because we've done so long (laughs) on The Shining. so, have you guys had any like new plays that you you'd like to talk about in games or anything like that, or movies if you if you prefer?
1: I only play VR games okay. exclusively. <laughs> since I got the I've got PlayStation VR, and since I got that, I've literally exclusively played PlayStation VR. That's a, an expensive <laughs> dedication, but I like <laughs> it. I, I, I've not played a flat game since. I don't think. It's weird that you call them flat games. That's that's yeah, that's the, that's the terminology in the VR world, is it? Is that there? <laughs> oh, okay. Or pan, a lot of people call them pancake
0: games. Pancake
1: games. I like it. <laughs> So it's not a new play, but I've been playing a lot of Firewall Zero Hour. I don't know if you've played that. Oh right, but I've not even heard of that. Really? No. It's it uses the Aim Controller, and you you're in a squad okay. of four, and you either attack or defend a laptop, and you have to kind of take out the other squad of four or trying to do the opposite. That's it's really good if you can get in with four people that you know and you can talk and do tactics as you go through it. It's a really good game. Yeah, it's a really. And they, right, I'm definitely going to look into that. Definitely that get hold really, of it. Really cool. Get hold of it. We'll play it together. Oh. Yeah, definitely. What's it called? Firewall about. Zero Hour. Firewall Zero Hour. You need the aim controller. Well, you don't need the aim controller, but you don't want to play it with a dual shot. But it be much. Yeah, better. yeah, it's much better with the aim controller. But that's that's. Okay, I've been cool. playing a lot of that lately,
0: and no man, no man. Right, and what about you, Nick? What have you been playing?
2: Uh, I'm not so much a gamer to be honest. It's just just because of a time. The time constraints He's of got having two kids. he you've got a, kids. He plays lots of
0: board games yeah, and yeah.
2: Lego. I am. Um, I think it yeah. took me about. I think it took me about a year to. The last couple of games I played, so it took me about a year to finish Spider Man, and then uh, I fired up Red Dead
0: Redemption Two, and I've probably done about three hours of it. That's <laughs> it. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, it's it's hard when you got kids. I, I don't have any myself, but I know they're, they're very time consuming. But it's a good way to bond with your kids too. So you should all game together or something. Well, I, think- I remember sat sat on my dad's knee while we were playing like the old Zelda games on the N64. And
2: I think that I think that's coming. So my 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 eldest is is only six, so she's she's coming up to that age where she's started to sort of. You know, use words like Minecraft. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure, sure, sure. Before too long, it'll it'll happen. It's a gateway game. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so, have you got any weekly recommends? So you can recommend a game, a movie, album, a book—absolutely anything you want. Can I recommend a book I've not read yet? Yeah, <laughs> of course
1: you can. So, like I said, Stephen King's new book came to me yesterday. It's called The Institute, and yeah. apparently, it's the best thing he's written since The Dark Tower. And that's not just from me. Okay. somebody somebody else told me that. So, yeah. All oh, right, right. <laughs> not just say it on the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I'm in the opinion that, like I said earlier, he hasn't written anything really good since The Dark Tower, but okay. apparently now he has. So I'm going to start that today at some point. So oh, I that's would, good. I'm would. i going to recommend that. Also, Joe Hill's got a new yeah? book out, which is Stephen King's son.
0: Yes, yeah, that's his uh, pseudonym, isn't that's it? That's his pseudonym. His, uh, his well, middle I, name's Hillstrom.
2: Yes. Why didn't he keep the name Joe Joe King? I just can't. You I can't think <laughs> of a reason. I no, can't be
1: taken seriously <laughs> as an author as called Joe King. Okay. Yeah, his middle name's Hillstrom, no, so they, he uses the name Joe Hill. But he's, there's two stories. He's strong, there's two stories in that book that he's co-wrote with Stephen King. So it's like short stories. Okay, and there's two stories in there that he's oh, co-wrote right, okay. with Stephen King. So. I mean,
0: that's some big shoes to fill, isn't it? If your dad's Stephen King and you're trying to write as well. Yeah,
1: and your mum's an author, and your older brothers an author as well. <laughs> it's just, oh, are they all. They're, authors? Sort of, they're like a family God. of authors. Yeah.
0: God. <laughs> The house must be so loud with like the clacking of keys always. So, typewriters yeah. everywhere. Yeah, every every three seconds you hear ding or someone slides a thing across. Oh, that's enough to
2: send you crazy.
1: That is. I don't yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <it> is. <laughs> what about you? Come on, you must have some recommends. And...
0: Some weekly recommends. I've been playing a game this week called Dead Cells, which is it. It feels very much like a combination of like Super Metroid for the Snes, uh, with Dark Souls. All right. So it's like a procedurally generated dungeon crawler that's side-scrolling got you and you've got to work through it and you, your upgrades save so every time you die you go back to this same like hub area and then you can put the cells into unlocking items and perks and mutations for your character and it's just really really good fun it's um it's pixel art like the old metroid games for the snes so it's that like 16-bit art style uh but the music's great it's visually amazing the controls are perfect for the character and I'm just really impressed with it, and it's free on Game Pass at the moment. Oh, right. So, uh, yeah. And uh, my, my new play, which I forgot to mention, is uh, <laughs> World War Z. I've just started playing that. Oh, right. Okay. Is that any good? It's, yeah, it seems good so far. It's did you ever play uh, what's the game called Left 4 Dead?
1: Yes, I did play that briefly. I don't think I ever finished it. it it's like I that.
0: My only problem with it, it's got a little less charm than Left 4 Dead because Left 4 Dead was kind of a bit funny, and you've got all the, the weird characters that are all like pills here <laughs> shouting for like the health stuff. This one's it's a little more serious, and the zombies are the running zombies, so it's quite scary at right. the same time. Okay. So you, you remember in the film where they come like the zombies come running and they flow over like yeah, cars f- like a wave and pile like, up on it to each other and stuff yeah they pile up and climb up like the walls in jerusalem don't they um well that happens in the game so there's four of you trying to hold off like five thousand zombies and you're just like throwing grenades frantically and trying to shoot them down as they're climbing up that sounds quite good but it's i'm enjoying it so far i've only played it twice i didn't quit go before work at like five in the morning the other day <laughs> like oh my god i'm too tired for zombies but yeah i'm gonna play it again tonight after this i might have a couple more goes and see how it is because it's online as well so you're playing with uh, three other players online but it's like over the whole world, so you've got levels in Tokyo, Jerusalem, New York, and I can't remember what the last one is. It might be France or something like that.
1: Yeah, sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's, it's pretty good. So with that, do you guys want to give a sign-off? You got any shout-outs to give for any channels or podcasts, even your own? <laughs> we should probably shout our own out. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let us know where we can find you.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, this we host a weekly show called Bottom of the Stream, where we take films on Netflix that nobody else is really talking about and talk about them.
0: Yeah, Jordan loves it, by the way. Really? He binged five of your episodes yesterday. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good, so, Good. Yeah. Good we're, on him. We're we like him again now. We're
2: basically trying to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah take back everything I ever said. Great guy. So <laughs> yeah. uh, we're basically yeah. trying to find... Hope he's better soon. Trying to find sort of hidden gems down there, aren't we? Yeah.
1: And, uh, and you know, we've had a mixed success rate. Is there any,
0: any noticeable ones that, you, that you've liked so far? So
1: what we do, well, at the end of every episode, we put them into like a league table. So we don't rate a film individually. We don't give it like, oh, this okay. is a five-star film. We we have a league table of all the films we've watched and we rank them against each other. That's a great way other. to do it. I do like it what you so do So we've just finished our first season about, what, three weeks ago? Yeah, we're
2: two weeks into the second
1: series, yeah, we, aren't we? Yeah, yeah for, okay. three weeks now. The third episode will be out. Um yeah so the film that won last the last season was a documentary called the dawn wall oh wow okay and uh we didn't intend for a documentary to win it but it did <laughs> we we didn't want it to be a pretentious <laughs> we said in the episode in one of the episodes we don't want it to be a pretentious film podcast like we know what we're talking about when it comes to films but the first one was a yeah. documentary and the second the second and third were foreign language films and it was completely All right, unintentional yeah, you're, you're pretentious <laughs> All right. it was completely unintentional and the two films are not pretentious in this light of the three films but it just, it's just how it worked out so
2: i'll, I'll say probably no, I'll, cool, I'll, I'll give a recommendation which is uh episode from last week uh the movie we watched for that which was called uh what keeps you alive yeah and
0: it's a great film i've watched that recently it was a great thriller it's a really uh, you know thriller, uh, yeah. it was
2: uh, out of nowhere again we didn't know what to expect uh you know we, we picked the films randomly and um it's really re- rewarding when we can find something that takes you a bit by surprise and and, yeah. and is a good watch and that that was a great film that was our episode it really was
0: week. like I, I watched it the it was literally a few days before your episode came up so i didn't even know you were doing it <laughs> and it was one of those things you know like me and my girlfriend got home we'd cooked dinner just got in bed and we're like oh, i don't know what to watch it's just choose something absolutely random and i think it was just the display picture of whatever it, i can't remember what it was now we just thought oh let's just see what that is it looks pretty random so that, that's and blown away yeah
1: that's kind of what we want to do we want to take away the well what should we watch on netflix tonight we want you to go oh we'll watch this film because they're going to talk about it next week so we want to take yeah, away yeah that. it's a good like, way to do don't it know what to watch this week
0: because I, I find a lot of times with netflix you sit there scrolling for longer than you'd watch a film like you're definitely. just like by the time you've done it for 10 minutes you're like i can't be a fucking ass now <laughs> that's what we that's <laughs> gonna go to sleep
1: that was originally that was our original thought of, that's what we want to take away
0: yeah well that's a, it's a great way to do it and you, you're doing really well guys i do yeah, we really do. really great. enjoy your podcast thanks yeah i'll definitely be listening to loads more yeah so
1: check us out bottom um, of the stream r- and bots underscore podcast on twitter and instagram both the
0: same yes fine as all and i think you're in the are you in any of the lists on pod we're in pod we're in the pod nation along with in you the guys pod nation, <laughs> yes the top list on pod yeah i don't know how we've done that but yeah. we've managed to do it
1: i've got a flag yet oh no i <laughs>
0: know <laughs> <laughs> that's no, we what we need, need. Get, we need a right, pod nation flag we do yeah we'll try and get some made uh if any of your listeners don't know what we're talking about go to podchaser.com it's a new website where you can find all your amazing podcasts and it links them all together doesn't it so yeah. you can be into lists and you can talk to your favorite hosts and you can see who's hosted on which podcast this week yeah it's trying to be so like you guys be, will show up on ours yeah
1: they're trying to be the imdb of podcasts essentially yeah that's a great way that they described it actually. yeah and it's, it's it's they'd need an app to, to succeed, they need to get an app, but
0: it's... That's that's the next thing. I, I completely agree. Yeah.
1: But it is really good. It's def, Podchase is definitely worth checking out. It's a really good website.
0: It is, yeah. So, guys, if you can go there and find Bottom of the Stream and find Grief Brito, and if you can rate us and review us even fucking better. Yeah, definitely. Because it helps us move up those lists, doesn't it? Yeah, the more downloads, the better. We're sitting at number... Number nine currently. Really on the whole site. Yeah, I, I've been like. <laughs> That's impressive. I don't know how like. Drag us up well, there like with you. That's why, <laughs> That's why we've come on Joe Rogan.
1: That's why we've come on. Yeah, yeah, come
0: Drag us up there with you. <laughs> get us some boosts. Yeah, no, feel free to. <laughs> I think we're number two in the I'm Netflix Glad we're on the list on together. Okay. Good. Amazing. Yeah. Well, there you go. You're you're getting up there. It's <laughs> it's cool to get in there. I mean, I've just noticed that their website now says Pod Chaser Beta. no oh. I don't remember it saying that before on the logo. I don't
1: know. I don't. No, I don't I think it's been updated today. Possibly.
0: No. no. Maybe they'll just go straight to a mobile app then like I really hope they do 'cause it it needs it.
1: Yeah, it could if they really snap they could be a game changer for podcasting.
0: Totally could. And uh, right, on that note, I think we should end it there, guys. Sounds good to me. It's been lovely. Thank you for coming on. Thanks probably. for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no worries. Guys, please go to Podchaser and iTunes and review bottom of the stream for us and review grief Burrito and we'll see you on the next episode. See you later, guys. Cheers. Bye.
2: <laughs> bye bye.
0: hello guys harrison again just wanted to say thank you for listening to this week's episode please don't forget you can find us on twitter and instagram and facebook which is at grief burrito on youtube which is also at grief burrito and we've got some great new halloween games that's coming out at the moment we are playing through outlast which is super spoop and we're also on patreon which is patreon.com forward slash grief burrito and if you're a member of our patreon you get all our episodes early so fuck yeah how about that and next week, don't forget, we'll be having the amazing Ronin Geek podcast on to talk all about The Terminator, which we saw recently in cinema for the first time for Jordan, which was pretty amazing. He did come away with a big old steaming pile of 80s in his brain, but he absolutely loved it. <laughs> and well, if that isn't enough for you, the Ronin Geeks are also going to be putting forward one of their own spooky stories to the Burrito Boys. It's going to be all about goblins. But anyway, it's me to go to sleep. It's too hot in here.